Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. And then there were none. Yeah. It, <laughs> I've fallen. Yeah, fallen from grace. And I can't get up. It finally hit her. Oh, uh, the Rona, Miss Rona, she found me. You were saying last time that you were feeling, a, you knew that something was up. That, something was afoot. To be fair, that was a cold. I had an actual cold and then I fully recovered from the cold. And this has been the longest two weeks of my life. I'll be honest. <laughs> I, By the way, uh, that behind the scenes, spoiler alert, we haven't recorded in two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. It's just been the longest two weeks of my life. I swear to God. We had... Leona's birthday, there were like 45 people there, so I caught a cold from that, and Leona and I were both sick, and then we recovered in time to go to a wedding. We drove 13 hours to Connecticut to go to this wedding. It was great, but then on the way home, the day after, Blaze and I were like, we don't feel well in a new way, and um, I was like, I'm so woozy. I'm like dizzy, like my vision is lagging. Um, and so what you're hearing here nasally is still my cold that then got compounded with the COVID. Uh, anyway, well. it's been a long, it was blazing my anniversary was a couple days ago. Um, oh, right. Happy we, anniversary. Thank you. We spent that, um, we spent all day in bed. Get it? <laughs> hey. Just <laughs> drinking Gatorade and uh, playing the Switch and sleeping. And um, Leona, knock on wood, has not gotten it. So... Um, I'm really hoping we wore masks around her. My mom took her during the days. So I'm hoping hoping she's in the clear. But anyway. Um, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I that don't either. Sucks. I don't either. <laughs> I mean, I'm it. just very lucky that, you know, we didn't have to cancel our, our shows or anything. Um, you well. know, just had a couple of days to really recuperate. And I feel great now, but it was just those those first three days of that illness man and i'm i'm like quadruple boosted and somehow i'm just i just feel so terrible for the people who didn't get vaccinated before they got it and yeah that'll kick your ass i gotta say (laughs) what was there a particular symptom that was the worst of it or i just hate the body aches it's just so terrible it's like a flu you know where your body just hurts and everything hurts yeah so i take it i take it that's why you drink this week that's why I drink. Look at 
I've I've never I don't think I've ever been so hydrated in my whole life. I have Gatorade. Oh. I have vitamin water. I have water water. I have um <laughs> I can drink coffee now again, thankfully. I never lost my sense of taste, did you? Mm-mm, but I think that was one of I think that was the original strain. Oh, okay. I think I don't know how this works anymore. Interesting, but interesting. My my guess is that that was a symptom that has been weeded out and something has been put in its place. I'd rather have that, I think, than, you know, a lot of the other things, but maybe not. I don't know. I know uh, the I'm, I'm interested to see if you have any long term effects because, oh, God, man, brain fog is like it's never been before. So. Yeah, that's part of the thing where I wonder, you know, I have that just from like having a child now. And I definitely have noticed that having a baby and like that first year, I feel like my brain is just losing information left and right. And so I'm like, is it just going to be double that? Probably. Or yeah, it'll either be double the intensity or double the length. Maybe. Oh, no. <laughs> or a little bit of both. Who knows? Oh, how fun. But anyway, how are you? I've missed you. I felt so bad. I had to cancel our recording last week. And no, you're I'm I will always happily bow out of uh, work. So, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I love talking to you, but it's still also Happy work. Happy to so. oblige, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, no, I think it works out for me because I wake up to do, uh, for Pacific time, I wake up to record. Mm-hmm. So anytime you say, oh, no, I can't record, I go, oh, no, I get to sleep in. Oh, too so. bad. <laughs> That's what I figured. That's what I hope that it wasn't yeah. too much of a... a- strain on you but no i'm we're we're i'm good uh um why do i drink i honestly i'm really uh just stressed about uh, there i just have so many things coming up that it's about to be an emotionally heavy rest of the year Uh not emotionally like uh like sad emotionally like just fucking stressed and like trying to like like traveling i'm traveling a lot um allison's birthday i am starting to plan now i i've we're actually not celebrating it until like the week before thanksgiving and her Mm. birthday's actually three days from now so um but she's doing one of her like three week long trips so she's jet setting she's going to be in columbia for her birthday aka she's going to miss our live show (laughs) and uh but yeah so we're not going to be doing anything for a while so as of last night i really started planning like what our uh what her birthday is going to look like. And I already know I'm going to overwhelm myself. So, and I'm not, e- we're, we're going to be traveling a lot. She's going to be traveling a lot. She's actually going to be making a pit stop in DC and hanging out with my mom alone, which terrifies oh, me. Boy. Um, so good luck to her and my mom. Um, <laughs> I don't know who needs it more. Uh, but it'll, I, I'm just, I'm stressed about not being home for a long time and then immediately having to go into like Thanksgiving and then Christmas shopping, which is always a nightmare. And so I've been trying to do my buying gifts in advance thing, but I feel yeah. like I'm going to miss someone huge or I'm like holding off on certain people cause they're going to be tricky. And then those are the ones that I'm going to panic about. Do you want me to about. just keep reminding you about myself and what I like? No, cause you're already done. Oh, I'm, good. You're handled. Thank uh, God. You made me nervous <laughs> there for a minute. You, no, you are, you're never, your presents are never in jeopardy because you and, <laughs> you and Eva are probably the two easiest people on earth to buy things for. And you're both so delightfully appreciative of anything. I feel like I, if I pulled a prank and just gave both of you a bag of dirt, you'd both be like, oh my God, thank I'd you. I'd love so. it. I'd be like, this is probably some really, um, 
like spiritual dirt from Los yeah. Angeles that's gonna like help me I don't know cleanse my aura or something I, well I was honestly I, I could probably pull something like that Wait, up. But yeah Eva write the, that down for the merch site I feel like back that could of be dirt. really fun yeah, yeah 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 I feel like that could be really effective and fun It'll be just like when we were getting when we were starting out, and it'll just be bags of dirt that we sell. We just dig them up and just throw find them, them in, in our yard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. um, no, I it's it's uh, anyway holidays in general, but all the stuff I have to do before the holidays is. Oh, I feel be you, bro. Lot. I feel like the start of Leon October first, Leona's birthday. I was like, this is here we fucking go. I've mm-hmm. been nonstop. Like I'm finally home. What is it? The seventeenth. I'm like for home for the first like time besides the three days where I was completely out of it. It's since like September. I'm just like yeah. not been home. It's I, it's rough. as much as I love spooky season. It really is like the green flag to start panicking about everything. Because yeah. like, then also all of October, I'm like never free on the weekends because we have so many things jam packed into our schedule for like Halloween fun. Yeah. So I feel like I never get a second to rest before November. And then all of a sudden it's, it's like, oh, like shit. Birthday season, wedding season. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel like everything is. And then holidays are coming. And, and then oh holidays. Yeah, because I I'm plan on going to Seattle like I usually do. But this year my aunt had um, a really, 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 really intense uh, surgery oh, that no. she's still recovering from. And usually I go to Seattle for her food. And now I think like. I certainly owe it to her to offer to be the one that cooks. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> and so now it's like, oh well, I go to Seattle for the delicious food, but now I'm just going to Seattle to like give everyone that I owe a very mediocre experience. <laughs> and so I'm already nervous about that. I've never cooked a Thanksgiving meal before, let alone like not in my own home. Um, and I'll with send judges. you the ones. I'll send you the recipes I use because I've done Thanksgiving a few years now. And I've pretty much got it down to where like oh. the most delicious and the f- easiest. Like, oh, okay. okay, so I'll send you that because that I can work with mashed potatoes, all that. I I send you what I have, and hopefully that helps somewhat. Well, my they they always make fun of themselves on Thanksgiving because they all used to be a lot heavier than they currently are, and they are usually uh, these days pretty not super strict with their diet, but they're they try to be aware of impulse control, which is something our whole family struggles with. <laughs> and, uh, but Thanksgiving is when like, they all are like, we don't give a shit. We know that the yeah, food's yeah, going to yeah. be amazing. Oh, yeah. And so now I'm like, Oh shit. If this is like your one day a year where like you just have like a field day and it's up to me to give you that experience, like the stress is intense. So, um, anyway, that is stressing me out and think uh, Christmas this year. I'm also like trying to find ways to also get to Allison's house. It's a whole thing. So, Anyway, yep. there's nine minutes of me complaining uh, in a circular motion about the holidays. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's only the beginning. So do you have any secret plans yet for any 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 Christmas plans that like any Christmas presents you have your eye on for anyone? Mm, I don't think so. I feel like uh, we're going to Connecticut for Thanksgiving and then doing Christmas here again. Do you and, and Blaze do gifts for each other? Yeah. Yeah. Um, usually on Christmas Day. Day. so my family comes nice. over well how do we do it no christmas eve sorry i don't know <laughs> i don't know i feel like this brain fog is not a joke it was very real I, you don't even remember 30 years of tradition i Crazy. lose track of like just what mid-sentence what i'm saying um so you've always told me you did the german thing and it's christmas yeah, eve you christmas open presents. Eve. everybody comes over and we do presents and drink wine and 
Nice. Um, the next day we do all the divorced parent stuff, you know, visit all uh-huh. the, the other ones. I understand. <laughs> I gotta say, the best gift Allison and I have ever given each other is we don't give each other Christmas gifts. It's just so lovely to oh, like not have to. Interesting. To not have, well, because then it's like I'm with all the other people we have to get gifts for. Like the last thing I want to do is put pressure on myself to have to really stress about like the person I'm in a relationship with where like right. all all of my energy would go to that. So it's just like the gift is not having to get each other a gift. Well, and then Blaise's we... birthday is the week after Christmas. So a lot of times they just yeah. kind of end up getting muddled together. Muddled together. <laughs> yeah. Usually what we do is um, we just save the money that we would have spent on gifts. And then um, for our anniversary, we just double up on a really good trip. So it's just. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, everyone. The holiday talk is already starting. Boring. And by the way, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is already showing up as a suggestion on my Mm-mm. Spotify. Mm-mm. So everyone beware. Mm-hmm. Um, the spookiest part to the Halloween season is Mariah Carey's <laughs> slipping in. Um, okay. Well, and next week, actually, by the way, I know we're talking about all different types of holidays, but next week is Halloween, yeah? Yes. I'm very excited. I think... If everything works out, I think I have a costume that you're going to like. <gasps> for the recording? Uh, or for, for what? the show. Oh, for the show, we're going to be in Atlanta on the 30th. I think I might surprise you with a little costume oh, situation dear on Lord, stage. I'm glad you're telling me now. I, I, I don't think it'll be here in time for our recording, but if... If I can get all the pieces in working order, then you might be surprised on stage. Let's just I'm put it that way. I'm extremely excited. Extremely. I, I hope. I think you're going to be so excited. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, is that any, anything That's else? It. Diving no, right in? Tell me a story. Okay. Um, let me find my story. Here it is. Excuse me. Ooh. You know what I need to drink is, <laughs> or eat is some Tums. Oh, some chalk. Some chalk. Mm. Uh, I wonder if, like, would sidewalk chalk in a pinch work? Yes, I believe so. I think I've Googled this before. Fun. I have some downstairs. Well, then that makes me wonder what Tums really are, if it's just sidewalk chalk. It's literally (laughs) chalk with some flavoring added. Gross. I don't know. I'm surprised. And that's why We Drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace since 2017. Um, And in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. 
Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, well, I've got kind of like a generalized ghost situation today for you. Um, Ooh. I... There were just there were just a lot to to pick from, so I decided that I was going to clump a few together. I hope everyone's okay with that. Yes. Um, but we are talking about haunted coal mines today. <gasps> I was just telling Blaze that I have a weird obsession with coal mines. Interesting. Like yesterday. Where did this come from? I've been watching Paranormal State. Uh-huh. And, and is I've that never, a coal mine show? I've never seen it before, but they went to like a mine and they oh. it was like an abandoned mine and they opened it up and there was a ghost of a miner in one of the houses and I just I you know living in Kentucky, I just feel like there's such a such a dark history. You're getting in the mood, getting in the Kentucky mood. I freaking love it. Okay, I'm so excited. Um also I told your brother this when he was uh taking your place. Uh-huh. Uh but just as he is to lighthouses, I guess you are to coal mines. Could we? Well, is that a safe thing? I, or I, you he's... know, I feel like I I can't take that mantle because it's not really. I'm not. I don't. I'm not in the know like he is with. Like he goes and visits and really learns about them, mm. and makes TikToks about them. I just find right. them fascinating. It's sort of like how I feel about cowboy ghosts. Like just uh-huh, uh-huh. the kind of same genre of like old timey western. Um, you know, it just tickles know. the old heartstrings. Yeah, it's just like a little like. Ooh. Maybe you were a miner in a past life. I, I you know, know, I wonder if that, or maybe, um, I don't know. I think I, in any life, my soul would be probably way too chicken to go down into a coal mine. But maybe <laughs> like a family member of a coal miner. <laughs> maybe. Uh, well, I know. Um, I was saying just like how he's into lighthouses. Definitely to not to the same intensity. Although I'm jealous of his intensity. Me too. Uh, is uh, my interest in one room schoolhouses. Whoa. I'm obsessed. I actually saw one this weekend. Cool. Uh, and it's, I have a whole like list. I'm sure Zandy's got a list on his computer that he scratches off yeah. as he sees them. No, he um, has a passport. Oh yeah. I heard about the passport. I lost my <laughs> I'm stupid sure you mind. Did. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I got to cross another one off the list this weekend. There's one here very by me. fun. You can come There's one. many next to you. I actually have a whole itinerary oh. for the next time I come can visit we, Can you. I come? I also yeah. love one-room schoolhouse. Not obviously not to that level, but I, I find them uh, I I've literally already planned out every one that is uh, with... I did it by distance from your home, so I know okay, exactly well, how many we can do. Okay, well, not too close to my home that um, I know how to... Like, I know the people who, who run it and stuff. Um, Shut They do it up. for events and things like that, so... It's up kind of farther north, but I will take you there. It's cool. It's really beautiful. I didn't know Done. you knew. I, okay. I had no idea this was an interest of yours, but I guess you didn't know coal mines were an interest of mine. So we're still nope. learning about each other. That's still part of the adventure. <laughs> that we're keeping things fresh, you and me. Yeah. Okay. 
So haunted coal mines. I'm glad I stumbled upon one of your greatest fantasies. Yesterday, so, I literally said, please, I love coal mines. I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> Poor Allison, because one day I was like, oh, I really love a one-room schoolhouse. And she, <laughs> I apparently had never said it out loud before. And she was like, all right. <laughs> it is. It's like, what are you talking about? But okay. I think about them all the time. Okay. What? So haunted coal mines. Let's let's go into it. I'm sorry then that I didn't give you a more um, detailed one no, story, I'm, but no, now I, mean I have... It. In my little noggin, I'll make sure to go look for the most haunted of them all. Please. Okay. So just a quick little recap, because coal mines are all fine and fun for a second, and then we get to the reality of coal mines, and then we go, oh, that's not horrible. Um, So we've used coal for thousands of years, but mining has uh, been very, very dangerous the entire time. Uh, still dangerous. And uh, just to give you an idea, in the UK, from the late 1800s to the mid-1900s, there were 85,000 mining deaths Jesus. in the UK alone. In the US, uh, starting in 1900, in just the first 45 years, there were 1,000 deaths a year on average. Oh, my God. Um, ways to die are more expansive than people are aware of. Cause I would have just thought like, Oh, breathing it in and that's it. But oh, no. no collapse. I'm talking to the coal miner here. So I don't even yeah, know herself, why the coal miner herself. <laughs> yeah. But you can, there's fire, there's explosions, there's mm. like uh, cave-ins where all the rocks literally fall on top of you. So you're being buried alive. Um, you can get run over by equipment. You can get crushed to death. Um, literally drowning, which I didn't mm-hmm. even think of. But if it caves in and now there's a, a flood coming mm-hmm. in, you know. Um, black lung, which is the chronic illness from breathing in coal dust. It's what a Zoolander had for yep. spending five <laughs> minutes down there. Um and so that's just some of the ways that you can die. And in the 19th century, uh, in the UK, their minds also employed uh, children as young as five. Oh, f- um, the U.S. is no better, by the way, but this is just the stat that I have is that in the U.K. they were uh, as young as five. And all workers, no matter your age, worked at least 12 hour shifts. Um, oh, Lord. And with that kind of exhaustion, and when you're five, with that minimal training, um, that comes with a lot of accidents. So it just leads to the death toll. Horrible. Continues the death toll. Um, And if you search a specific coal mine online, you can actually find indexes for each of them on accidents and disasters that happen at each mine. Mm. So um, just if you wanted to educate yourself more on all that, you can definitely look up the index for any mine. Mm -hmm. So... Mm Uh, and because of the awful conditions, coal miners often went on strike for better conditions, but, uh, the governments would straight up use deadly force. So that's nice. That's cool. Um, so here's actually like a quick deep dive, which I feel is important to say is, uh, we're taught in school that, uh, the first aerial attack on U.S. soil was Pearl Harbor. Um, but it's actually the third fun fact, not fun fact at all. Um, the first one was the Tulsa Race Massacre, which uh, has been getting a little more play, at least on my TikTok algorithm yeah. recently. So I feel like people are finally starting to learn about that. That's a completely whole other conversation that I I feel like I wouldn't do it justice with just a sentence. But in 1921, the Tulsa Race Massacre is where dynamite was dropped on a black neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I highly suggest you go look it up. And especially on um, TikTok, there are a lot of really amazing black creators that are doing the Lord's work and uh, explaining it in great detail 
that I don't totally feel justified in doing. Sure. Um, the second time uh, that that was in August 1921, in the same year, where coal miners had a protest march in West Virginia, and the county sheriff had them bombed from planes, and that's called the Battle of Blair Mountain. And both of those happened before Pearl Harbor. Okay, so, interesting. Fun fact, if someone tries to say something about Pearl Harbor, you go, uh, Tulsa Race Massacre and coal miners. So the fucking people struggling <laughs> actually had two uh, experiences first. Yeah, and of course, what, we never talk about it. What was the second called? Uh, the Battle of Blair Mountain. Blair Mountain. Okay. Mm -hmm. I actually feel like I remember hearing about it in school, but like it was a sentence in a textbook. And I knew about it. the Tulsa Race Massacre. I did not know about the Blair Mountain. I found out about Tulsa embarrassingly late in my life yeah. so uh and then here's another sad fun fact is that during this protest uh while coal miners were protesting in west virginia and then they had the bombs uh dropped on them from planes they were wearing red bandanas uh around their necks to signify union support and the labor rights movement and this led to the term redneck so most people really it's at least one of the stories. The other main one people hear is like, oh, if you're a farmer, sunburned. you've been working all day and you're sunburned on the neck. But there, that is just as likely of the origin Seriously. as coal miners wearing red bandanas for labor rights that. movement. Mm -hmm. And after this, because, of course, uh, capitalism and the world is terrible, after they started wearing these red bandanas to signify uh were wanting better conditions the mining companies and government reps uh used the term redneck to promote miners as looking lowbrow and stupid and rural and backwoods and then that way nobody took their plight seriously so people would just be like sure. oh now they're just rednecks just another redneck mm -hmm. uh but there's uh there's also another sad fun fact is that there's an understanding that or like i guess maybe a quote or maybe something that just gets said a lot that OSHA rules are written in blood when it oh. comes to these workers. And it basically means every safety rule that OSHA enforces for them is because it's, someone's already died from that it's problem. Art, right. Exactly. Like there's a reason and it's, it went, mm -hmm. it's too late, too little, too late in a way. Yeah. But most of the rules have been enforced because coworkers were fighting for better conditions. So yeah. um, protesting works, folks. And yeah. in a lot of those situations, the coworkers who fought for better conditions were minor unions. Sure. So, And since there was a lot of early, difficult, early and difficult deaths uh, in these communities, uh, especially in the actual mines, many coal mines uh, and, co and coal towns are said to be very haunted because there were just mm -hmm. so many people not being, they were being neglected by the government and not getting proper working conditions. So they were staying up all night. They were five years old and operating heavy machinery. Oh, um, there's, just, I mean, there's just so, so many ways and so many times that people died in horrible circumstances. Very in traumatic the coal mines. and tragic deaths. Yeah. That it makes sense why now people say that they're all very haunted. So and if you think about it, like even the family members, you know, of, of folks who died in the mines, it's like, what a traumatic, emotional experience to to live through, mm -hmm. like knowing somebody who died. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, the whole family, I feel like the whole town just has really interesting energy. Very traumatic past. Yeah. Yeah, because either you're the one in danger or you have to worry every single day. Every day, day. yeah. And then, I mean, especially in that time and in a lot of those towns, that person who could die at any moment was the sole provider the for the entire family. Right. So, exactly, exactly. Um, 
Those who died in the actual mines are often considered to still be buried there in a, quote, natural grave um, because the bodies were so hard to recover. Sure. So just to make it worse. Right. Like who wants to go down there now after it just right. collapsed or they, you know. After ugh. we just found out that the place isn't structurally Scary. sound. Yeah. Oof. So because of this, it's said that their spirits can't find a way out and they're trapped in the tunnels. Well, that's fucking horrible. And with that, I'll give you uh, an example of one of the coal mines. And this is in Wales. This is the Morfa Pit Mine. M-O-R-F-A. And it's especially deadly. There, Dozens have died at a time from explosions. Um, One was so bad that they had to actually manually flood the mines to put out the fire. (gasps) So that's a whole other way you can die, too, is that you can die from drowning from the flood that they're trying to save you from the oh fire oh my from. god um the worst uh explosion was in 1890 and very interesting this explosion because in one paper there was a report that many miners said that they could sense something was going to happen in the mines because they had been having really weird dreams <gasps> and they just could sense something was up and the town oh no allegedly was hearing spirits at night in the mines they were hearing thumbing a uh, thumping and banging um miners saw doors opening and closing and coal and debris was ending up in unusual places like just materializing and random spots that shouldn't have been Ooh. miners started smelling floral perfume in the pit what which made no sense and a massive Big red dog, not Clifford, was seen <laughs> apparent was seen appearing and vanishing at different times near the mine. And just a reminder, I don't know why it was red, but um, dogs are usually known as escorts to like the underworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like omens. So, omens, yeah. So they started seeing these this dog running around the mine and then disappearing. Jesus. Okay. And also during this time, one apparition showed itself as a man in the cage. The cage is like the the one that brings yeah, them down into yeah. the pit. Um, someone saw a man in the cage wearing an oilskin coat, like an old fisherman, a leather hat, and he was waving his hands as if he was in despair. And then he vanished from the Ew. cage. Uh, another spirit here is of a miner who died in the pit and he will still literally jump on the tram with you and ride it until his station. Goodbye. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what are you going to do? Scream? No one's coming. You're in a cave. You're in a coal mine. <laughs> Like, you know so he just like hops on and then just hops on like one how'd he do yeah does he i don't wonder if he talks to you or if he just looks really focused on like getting to his shift and then he gets off the thing and then he too? literally gets off and just like walks into the shadows oh my god forget it truly forget it um many people uh many of the miners have seen these spirits and consider them warnings that something's going to happen like all of a sudden the spirits are waking up Maybe to keep you from becoming a spirit. That's so sinister. Uh, And usually, I guess, I guess, I guess the biggest threat usually in a in a coal mine is explosions or fires. I would have thought cavens, but um, I think at least in this one pit mine, usually when they see spirits, they assume an explosion Explosion. is going to happen. they also before the explosion before like this like big day ever happened uh they heard the seven whistlers so the miners were hearing these seven whistlers which are considered um an omen of bad luck and it's just a bunch of whistling like birds chirping yikes um some people actually i mean this explosion whatever was going on in the cosmos and 
people were sensing. It was freaking people out so much that a bunch of people even quit right before. And uh, one was quoted saying, the Morpha pit is haunted and some terrible calamity is about to occur. (gasps) And And with all this worry, um, there were particularly superstitious miners that asked for the tunnels to be inspected the day before. And it didn't. Either it didn't or they did it very poorly. Yeah. Um, And as predicted, after all of these experiences people were having, an explosion in the mine came and caused 87 deaths. And remember, that includes all the way down to five years old. Oh, that's so tragic. Um, Five years later, another newspaper published an article called Welsh Miners Scared. They leave work in a panic owing to uncanny noises. And Uh it confirmed again that the miners five years ago had been hearing banging noises and loud wailing throughout the mines. And uh, that was why a lot of them even left and tried to find work at other nearby mines because they just didn't want to be at that one anymore. Um. In response to the paper actually claiming that these miners were just superstitious and it's just a weird coincidence, one of the miners said, tell the editor to confine his remarks of things to things of this world, for he knows nothing about heaven and hell and the workings underground. If the editor had been, see- had been seated in the dim light of a clammy lamp in the interior of the workings and had heard groaning in the darkness beyond and below in the deep, he too would have taken to his heels and quickly sought some hole to hide in. Fire that first journalist. This guy needs to be promoted. He <laughs> has a way with words. I also wonder, like, was were people just better at speaking back then? Maybe it or... was just more uh, eloquent. Yeah, the language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, like, that guy was a coal miner. So for anyone still trying to use, like, redneck as derogatory, yeah, seriously. that what man can talk better than I've words. ever spoken in my life. But it's true. Like, this guy's just writing, like, oh, they're so scared. It's like, you go down there, idiot. You know? Exactly. Like how, uh, we're the mo- one of the most dangerous jobs out there. Tell me if you feel safe ever. And then now you're just hearing random screaming and banging. No. Yeah. Forget it. Um, especially like I imagine if you have that job, you're already so hyper aware of anything. Of danger. That, right. Like the second that I mean, I would already be freaked out if I heard uh, banging and wailing. But like if I'm primed to hear wailing and that means like, oh, my life's in danger because there's like someone's Someone's heard and I'm about to be next. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. Or knocking like, oh, is Mm -hmm. something going to explode? I don't know. Yeah, truly. (sighs) So uh, in 1896, another newspaper reported workmen frightened away by mysterious noises. Um, Anyway, so I, there's an, I do want to say about that newspaper, I was going to, avoid it for a second but i don't know why because it's just funny that so this newspaper workmen frightened away by mysterious noises um the intro sentence to this article uh is uh the latest sensation for jaded lovers of uncanny things is a haunted coal mine and i feel like (laughs) i feel like that's something you now need on a shirt now knowing your interest is is that like is that like in the public domain that sentence because i would like to steal it and i wonder what the law is but if it's from 1896 like how long do they can they claim those words copyright um i don't know but i would like that to be on my shirt the latest sensation for jaded lovers of Anne kenny things and christine is a haunted coal mine not Anne christine comma who is christine Oh, the right. jaded okay. lover of uncanny the- things comma named <laughs> named christine is is a haunted coal mine <laughs> you're right sorry i obviously we need that other fancy speakers help with the with i the know writing. we're no we're no 
rednecks over here, you know, we're not <laughs> as talented. So the article claimed that at least uh, from that, uh, from another explosion, that at least six bodies were never recovered. Um, oh, no, it was from the same explosion. Even though 87 bodies died, there were six that were never recovered oh. um, on top of the 87 that died. Tragic. So now those six probably haunt the mine and these spirits are heard singing along with the sounds of drums sometimes um and some miners even refuse to work there altogether until the bodies that died in their station are given proper burials because they don't want to work next to a dead body sure i mean ooh, that's so chilling so that's uh the whale's uh morpha pit mine and then i've got another thing where I just wanted to, uh, I suppose, bring it to your attention Ooh. is that a lot of times in these coal mines, people will say that they're hearing spirits uh, either banging around or making sounds. And some people have claimed that these spirits are actually coblins, not goblins, but coblins with a C. Um, but a lot of, and I'll explain what that is in a second, but a lot of people will say, oh, those spirits are coblins. They're just coblins. And the miners would say like, no, 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 these aren't coblins because coblins are helpful and these feel really dark and haunting I see. so okay so just to let you know the energy when they experience ghosts also feels unsafe so um i love it but as, like i know a coblin when i hear one okay <laughs> like a coblin would be absolutely not freaking me out a Goblin right now. would be bringing me my sandwich or something right cool. yeah. so so far you are on the right path with what a coblin is <laughs> good so coblins are Welsh fairies who live underground, especially in uh, mines. Oh. So uh, they are often considered cousins to the leprechaun, which oh. is an Irish leprechaun, or a Scottish brownie, or a Cornish knocker. Oh. Um, and so all three of those I'm, I could probably do individual episodes on. But I do want to talk about the Cornish knockers for a second. Um, so these coblins are said to be two feet tall at the max and they wear mining outfits to match their human workers which is so precious <laughs> and uh they uh lead miners to rich veins of coal and they warn miners about cavens so they're oh, just there to make nice your, they're like doing more for you than like your own u- union rep than the actual you know? than the actual like uh yeah employers yeah it's like well if the government's not going to help i guess we have to resort to the welsh fairies who will will dress like us just to to show that they are on our side i wonder if coblins also wear uh red bandanas to support the union and labor rights movement little mini rednecks that's so sweet (laughs) okay so uh in cornish folklore since we just mentioned knockers uh coblins like i said are kind of somewhat related or often associated with creatures including the cornish knocker and knockers uh are they lead miners to tin instead of coal or at least the original story was that they would lead miners to tin but then uh when coal became more popular the story shifted and cornish knockers will now also lead you to coal which i so i guess they kind of became coblins in their own way okay Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh and here's a little note, though. In the 1800s, the knockers became linked with anti-Semitic beliefs, Uh-oh. right? Which I wonder if that's because they were associated with coblins, and goblins actually also have some anti-Semitic yes. roots. So yes. um, I think that's where that comes from. Interesting. Um, it also, there's another theory that uh, knockers are allegedly the ghosts of Jewish men who were forced to work in the mines uh, during the Roman occupation of England. Whoa. Um, 
but the Romans uh, only used coal available on surface levels instead of in the deep mines. So that kind of debunks that. I see. So they didn't even send people down there. As far as I know, as far as research goes, yes. Okay. Uh, so that one we can debunk. But it does still have uh, some not so good roots to sure. it. So. Um, but like a lot of Celtic stories, these beings started out as fairies and over time and through just like different cultural elements, different beliefs, um, everything kind of got mixed in and muddled. And now the knockers, as we now know it, um, are a little different than they originally looked. Um, several interpretations of, uh, there are certain, there are several interpretations of knockers, but it's mainly prevalent, uh, in, like late Cornish traditions, but a lot of people from that area ended up moving to Appalachia. Mm. So eventually knocker lore immigrated to the U S when oh. those people became miners and some immigrant communities now call them Tommy knockers. Aha. Heard of that. <laughs> so Tommy knockers are big in Appalachia where by the way, a third of coal exploitation comes from. Mm. And, uh, a lot of it is still has some of its like Celtic fairy lore attached to it. Wow. Um, and as mining became more commercial, the story of the Tommy knocker spread and they're said to knock on walls to let you know when there's going to be a cave in. <gasps> Scary. So still doing a lot of what the original Coblins did. It's like, right, Oh, they, right. they, I don't know if they dress up anymore in your outfit, but they do still <laughs> keep you safe. Um, or they can keep you safe. So, uh, it's thought that these spirits traveled across the ocean with immigrants, and that's how they ended up here. Oh. And uh, although they are generally kind and reward kindness, punish selfishness, they're kind of uh, the judges and juries of their own land, I suppose. Right, right. Um, they do still like to play pranks on miners, so they'll like move your tools around. So they still like to freak you out a little bit, but in a fun way. Just like mischievous. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but... If someone were to openly insult or curse them, they will throw rocks at you. Uh oh. Or even worse, for the whole uh, for the whole village, uh, the whole community of coal miners, they will just leave the cave and never come back. And now you've lost your protection oh, of no. someone warning if a cave's coming. Be nice to them. Uh, yeah, exactly. You got to be nice. So, mm. uh, as an offering to keep peace, this is what you can do. Right. This mm. one would be tough for me. Listening. You can leave them the last bite of your meal. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, what? Share food? <laughs> That's a tough one for me. But, you know, for the sake of the town, I guess it's what I'd do. That is tough because the last bite. The last bite's always the one. That's the That's best the most, bite. You need to eat it to feel like satisfied, like you've finished your food. Not only, like, I mean, I, I think there's probably a psychology to it, but there are some people who have the best bite first. No, no. I always, I always eat the worst bites first so I can like have a, an excellent last, last bite. You want to get better. Yeah, I agree. So I wonder if coal miners, if there's a, an under, uh, an underspoken, understated, um, oh, right. you stereotype just like, to them. Like you leave you just, just soggy part of the sandwich for last. Yeah. Like, do you just, <laughs> do you are, do people in Appalachia, are they more likely to eat the best bite first? That's you know? a great question. I'm sure somebody's funding that research. Yeah. Well, if not get Appalachia on the horn, I got to okay. talk to them. <laughs> okay. I'll talk to them. 
so skeptics say that the knocking uh, is not actually Tommy knockers. If Blaze were here, he'd probably agree with these people and say that it's actually the sound of the ground shifting along a fault line, and it's the wood beams cracking or creaking. It does make some sense that there would be noises before uh, a cave in. Yeah, before cave in. It does make some sense. I do. I can see why that would. Yeah. Happen. I can also see it. I wonder who the first person was who thought like maybe it's actually a fairy. Like yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Like hmm. where I wonder where it all began. It like was like maybe it was. Who was the first person to suggest ghosts and be taken seriously? Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, uh, it seems that the Tommyknockers are being scared out of caves, and this is because of new modern technology. Uh oh. So in 1929, the newest of technology newest comes technology. from 1929. <laughs> well, and it's just to give a, a a brief note to how today could be, because in 1929, an article came da- came out that um, miners had concerns about radios scaring Tommyknockers away. Oh. Uh, and there's a quote saying, sometimes we coal miners think we haven't a friend in the world, but we always know the Tommyknockers are looking out for us. Oh. Many's the life that has been saved by these wee things with their knocking. Uh, and I guess he ended up sharing a story about how the miners all had to like really figure out, like had to come together and discuss whether or not their mine pit should have radios to keep them entertained during <sighs> the day because the sound might scare the Tommy knockers away. And if, if the music was playing on the radio, then they wouldn't be able to hear the, the Tommy knockers warning them. Hello. Yeah. And so this is a quote, uh, 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 his opinion on that. Would ye, ye, why ye? Oh my God, they're already more erudite <laughs> than I'll ever be. <laughs> Would ye drive out the few Tommyknockers we have left? With all this squealing and blathering coming right through the earth, it's bad enough for them as it is. With one of these radio boxes, okay, dad, with one of these <laughs> radio boxes with its great, with its great din filling the mine, uh, how could we hear them knocking, even if we weren't panicked and driven away? Even I've, if they weren't panicked and driven away. I feel like um, you and I are the blathering. What did it say? Uh, the uh, with all the squealing and blathering, squealing coming and blathering right through on one of these radio boxes. That's us. Wow, that literally that that should have been uh, like the blurb for this podcast written <laughs> yeah, by my father. I think it is. It is now. <laughs> I'm taking that line too. The endorsement. Nothing Squilling but blathering, blathering. on a box. Uh, but yeah, so they, they were just very like, I think they were like, the Tommyknockers are protective of us, so we should be protective of them, and the radios might scare them. So, um, and I mean, I I don't want to insult anyone from Appalachia, but I don't think I grew up around the concept of Tommyknockers to a point where I'm maybe as strong of a believer as others are. Uh, but I will say in the world of ghosts, which I am a big believer in, they are also terrified of a lot of technology. So there have oh, been fair. times where investigating, I have said out loud, are you just scared of all these lights? Do you need me to explain them to yeah, you? Yeah, it's probably and overwhelming. Especially if you're from like fucking 1800. Like, what, what, what can you imagine all of a sudden there's yeah, just like, like machines there's around? There's just squealing and blathering coming from a box. You're like, who's in that box? <laughs> who's in that tiny box? Exactly. So I think uh, there is something to be said about that. So um, all I can say is if my ghost hunting can give you any uh, advice, maybe let the Tommyknockers, maybe explain it to them before you turn the radio on what it right, does. Right, right. Um, 
So even if the Tommyknockers do all leave, the miners are still uh, rife with ghosts uh, because bodies are still buried sure. under there and they couldn't be recovered. And there's even parts of Appalachia where there are superstitious miners, like I said, that won't work in an, a certain area until bodies are recovered. Mm. Um, but so here's a weird one. So companies would end up having to close off these rooms because they couldn't find anyone else to work there but all the miners were refusing to work there and they would just close off big ass chunks of the coal mine just like just board it up until they could hire somebody who was like either not from the area or brand new and like didn't hadn't heard about the deaths <gasps> and then they would just put them in there so it was almost That's like a, great it was almost like a hazing or like, a, like tricking a, people it's like, yeah, the earlier or the newer you are to this, there's probably been more deaths in that Oof, area, that's... which is also just like it's continuing to like enable panic for that room. Because if the only person that's now operating that space that's already been proven to be dangerous is now the greenest person in the yeah, industry. Yeah. So here's a story from West Virginia um, about a coal miner. His name was Big Max. Oh, I love it. Big Max was six and a half feet tall. Yeah, he big was. Big Max was big. He was also, uh, I I wanted to be clear that I think this is like a, a lore that people tell mm -hmm. um, because it says Big Max is also six times stronger than an average man. So I think I'm thinking of him more as like a, <laughs> like a, not a real person. Paul Bunyan. <laughs> a Paul Bunyan type. Yeah. <laughs> but he was known to be very uh, friendly and he was very fearless. He was just like a man's man. Oh, and uh, one time there was a cave-in, just to show you how strong he was, a cave-in once buried a part of the mine, and he was able to dig himself out <gasps> of an entire cave-in. Oh, my God. Uh, another time he lifted a car off a man. You know what I'm saying? There's like I think Big Macs may not be totally... I, I think these know. are stories... I think these are stories that Big Max told at the bar about himself. <laughs> well, you know what? People believed it, so it's got to be worth something. That's true. So one day at the mine, Big Max was, uh, he was working at the mine, and there was an explosion that killed a handful of men. Mm. And one body was unable to be identified, but the guy apparently never clocked in on his punch card, so they, that's why they couldn't identify him. Oh, and there no. was never any proof of who it was, therefore um, they weren't... I guess they couldn't hold themselves responsible for figuring out how, what to do with his body. Oh my gosh. Um, since they couldn't determine the body, the mining company refused for that man's wife to get her pension. Insane. And basically they, they told her to her face like, Oh, he must have not loved you and ran off. <gasps> and also now you're not getting horrendous. So, uh, next, uh, I don't know if it was the next day, but eventually big Max is, uh, He's at the job. He's at his job after this explosion. And his uh, whole thing is to inspect the area for remaining gas and to set up new beams. And he's working in one area because everyone else happens to happens to be scared of it because it's not very structurally sound. And there have been cave-ins there before. Mm -hmm. While working in that section, another miner just shows up out of nowhere and starts asking Big Max if he can help. Oh. And Big Max said that, quote he did not look like a miner at least not a healthy one oh. his skin even though it was covered in coal dust was very white his eyes were set deep in his head like deep wells and although he could do as much work as me he was just a bag of bones oh. and the miner apparently talked mad like and demanded that the beam go in a very specific spot 
So Big Max just kind of went along with it and uh, just to avoid any issues, he was like, okay, fine, I'll put the beam there. And when he went to start digging in that spot, he found a boot. (gasps) And that boot was attached to a whole human body underneath that was from a previous explosion. Oh, no. And uh, that's when Big Max looks up to ask this miner, like, hey, are you seeing this? And the miner is gone. Oh, no. And uh, he goes home later that night, Big Max, and he wakes up to that same miner in his fucking bedroom. For... Get it. The miner then says, thank you for helping me. Now my wife will get what is coming to her. And then he vanished. The company later realized that the body that they could not identify at the time was the worker that Big Max saw. And even though he never clocked in, they were now able to give his wife a pension. Um... And that is the story of Big Max. Wow, what a hero. There's another West Virginia story of someone called Big John. So All right, all right. I think uh I think people might have been a little insecure about their size at the time. Because I don't uh, know. Maybe they just like it sounds like they're owning it. Six foot six, pretty darn big. I, I think I feel like I know a big Mike. Okay. And he's like six foot seven or six foot six. I feel like since we have totally no proof of his height and but he can apparently lift a bus and we're expected to believe both of those things. I'm wondering if Big Max was actually like 5'11". But like no. he's like, I don't know. He's a hero, Em. You stop slandering. But why are you slandering him? He I did only know. good I'm, things. I'm being, I'm in he's a saving lives. Mood. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, here's another one. This is Big John. But next you're going to start dissing the Tommyknockers and we're all going to get in trouble. That's not true. Okay. There's a ghost of a Russian immigrant named Big John. And he worked in the Grant Town Mine, uh, which was, and his job was to plant dynamite to expose coal. How fun. Well, one, I know. Yeah. Again, like, in case you didn't get it, this <laughs> job is not a safe one. No. So one day, a piece of dynamite exploded too early and decapitated Big John. Oh, forget it. And he was found by his coworker. Oh, God. Um, a month later, that same coworker was heading underground alone in the cage. Yeah. And he saw Big John holding his head under his arm. Oh, <gasps> oh! And that weird, like, if this feels like a Harry Potter move of like the headless Nick or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his head is being held under his arm, and yet Big John just starts happily chatting with him, like nothing was off. <laughs> he's like, look, he's like, my hey, buddy, my eyes are down here. Like, who are you looking? At? You look at this. <laughs> I know. Head. It's like, hey, what happened? Did you grow? What happened? Where are like, you? not big anymore big john um so that was just like another random story of like oh yeah like even if you're decapitated you're still like having a good time in the mines as a ghost i guess um it's often a common ghost story that miners say uh stay behind to keep their co-workers company which i think is like again tells you a lot about the community that like they feel like the tommy knockers are there for them and now yeah. they feel like their coworkers are sticking around to keep them company because they all kind of get this. They can all sense that like, oh, working in the coal mines is a lonely job. Yeah. Yeah. Because th- there was even that one quote earlier I said where the guy was like, oh, we really like the Tommyknockers because like we don't have a lot of friends. That is so sweet and sad. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's it's um, endearing that there's like this uh, this m- I don't know if it's moral code, but or ethics ethics moral code of like oh do you just stick around and be with each other and keep each other company yeah, i don't know I like, I like it it's like an unwritten rule 
Yeah, yeah. They're all about the friendship. Um, and then I've got uh, in Utah, there was one mine that's haunted by a miner in old clothes, and he is always staring into the distance. But he is seen so often and keeps so many miners company that they literally just ignore him. They like they're like, he can stay, he's fine. <laughs> Imagine like, being a ghost who's just like <laughs> overstayed their welcome to the point where like. <laughs> You're just another one of the guys now. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's that guy. He's just staring off into the distance. And they're like, just give it a rest, guy. (laughs) And so that's just one example of a mine in Utah. But I'm sure that just goes across the board that people just see like, oh, yeah, that's that's Richard. He died about 10 years ago. He's not getting the hint that don't mind him. (laughs) We've rehired since then, Richard. (laughs) You can see you can go to the light, buddy. Uh, and then, uh, I wanted to say there's another, um, in West Virginia in Fayette County, there's a place called the Whipple company store that paranormal investigators often explore. Um, just to let you know what a company store is. Do you know what a company store is? I mean, I think so. What is it? (laughs) Just so I don't guess wrong. No, you're good. You're good. Good call. Good call. Because, uh, (laughs) it's essentially a general store for coal miners in coal towns, but, um, it's run by coal companies and mining towns Ah, Okay. and gets problematic very quickly. So uh, in, at first it sounds very charming where it's like, Oh, it's a general store and it has truly everything you can need for a small rural, um, coal town so like all the way down to like it has your groceries it has your prescriptions it has your home goods it has a doctor on site like it has oh wow okay it's your one like commissary for everything um but it gets problematic very quickly because appalachian coal miners uh have a history of not actually paying their coal miners in money only in basically credit for this store lunacy i mean so it's called it's called scrip so oh, okay, I um, see. Yeah. So not they wouldn't good. pay them. They wouldn't pay them in money. They'd only pay them in scrip, which keeps you only being able to get things from this company store, and also it keeps you from not being able to build a savings of legitimate money. And so people who are in coal mining industries aren't able to actually yeah. I mean, you're save and supporting leave. your life and your family, and you're just like it's like a cycle. You're just buying mm-hmm. a new another pickaxe. <laughs> Another pickaxe. And also, like, at the since it's the company store ran by the corporation, it's all overpriced. Yeah, they're so, all controlling of the price. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So basically, miners and their families had to buy everything here on credit without actually getting to ever Oof. build up a true saving. So that way they can leave the coal mines and go start another right, job or right. move to a different location. And so that's why one of the uh, understandings of if you're a, a coal miner, the, the whole family eventually maybe just becomes a coal miner. Or if you become a coal miner, it's really hard to get out of the, the, sure. the work um, because you're just trapped in never getting paid true U.S. Wow. dollar bills. Wow, wow, wow. Um, hence the uh, old country song, by the way, uh, called 16 Tons. I don't know if you know it oh, since yeah. you're such a fan. <laughs> okay. Six. There's a line that says, I owe my soul to the company oh, store. Oh, my soul to the company store. I do know that song. Why, you really do you know that song? No. Seriously? Really... Why do I know that song? Maybe if I heard the music to it. but the, 16. The... What, how does it go? Six. Oh, I just told you I don't 16. know. Sixteen. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. Oh, it goes. Oh, my soul to the company store. <laughs> I don't. I don't know the rest of it. Sixteen tons. What do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me? Cause I can't go. 
I owe my soul to the company store. You were meant for Kentucky. Um, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Appalachia, here I come. I feel like I, if I heard the music, maybe, but certainly I... Even if I knew it based on the music, I, it was always just a humming song to me. Yeah. I never knew the words. I feel like I know that that one line and I don't really know. the. I don't even know why I know it. But anyway, here we are. I, again, maybe you've just, got some sort of affiliation you're unaware of to the coal mines. I, I, I mean, I have a very fond spot in my heart for Appalachia. And um, now that I'm pretty close, I just looked up this Whipple store. It's about four hour drive. So if you want to well, hey, do a little wanna, Appalachian tour with me. Someday. If it's next to the schoolhouse I have oh in God. mind for us, I'd lose <laughs> it all, truly. Um, wow, West Virginia so, is beautiful, too. We could do quite a road trip. We definitely could. I would. I mean, that area, is, I can't. There's no prettier area. Gorgeous. But, gorgeous. Um, okay. So anyway, the company stores in coal industry are very abusive and corrupt. And the Whipple Company store in particular is um, said to be very haunted and investigators feel cold hands. Ooh. People have even seen handprints on them after they feel cold hands on them. Ooh. That's in the basement. Also, the ground here, I'm not kidding, allegedly oozes red blood. <laughs> what? And then leaves no trace afterwards, but people swear they see it. Like in the movie, like it, where it's like a, a hallucination and nobody else oh. can see all this blood everywhere. Or like um, in um, the other Stephen King, The Shining. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and although, anyway, that that the Whipple Country Store sounds like the craziest of them all. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so coal mining is seen as um, a job of the past. But, uh, you know, there's still uh, certainly families that uh, are a part of that world. Still seeing a lot of ghosts. Those places will probably forever be haunted yeah. and have some pretty um, insane energy. Um, and I would definitely love to cover more... Uh, coal mining stories like more um specifically like yeah, one yeah. location coal mine stories um one thing i also want to do if um if people could write in i know we don't usually like make that request but i want to make sure that i do it justice and i get um actual people's experiences with this um before i cover it but for a long time i've wanted to cover like appalachia ghost stories mm. because there's a lot of like ways of the world there of like oh when you're in the woods there these are the rules like right. don't do this don't do that because it's it's said to be a really um heavy energy place um and the people sure. who live there definitely know more than i could probably ever google so i will be doing my own research but i also if anyone can uh send in some general guidelines that i should follow yeah i would yeah i would love to cover it i've just always oh been a little gosh. too afraid to appalachia so, would be a great topic yeah there's probably me too. so much or even history. if it's just an episode on like what to do in the woods and what not to do in the yeah. woods so, you know so um and i don't know why i keep saying in the woods in, in the general woods. but <laughs> if anyone's got like a like a spiritual uh how to on appalachia please let me know so man how cool that is uh haunted coal mines for you um, what a cool story. What a coal story. What a coal story. You know, there's still license plates. I think, are they West Virginia plates uh, that say coal keeps the lights on? <laughs> I thought you were going to say, no, I maybe. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. But I, okay. the way you said coal sounded a lot like that kid who says cone. Coal. <laughs> <laughs> it's coal. <laughs> Put butter on it. Um, I think it's either Kentucky or West Virginia plates and they are black and they say coal. It keeps the lights on. It's like pro coal. The I love a good pun. I love a love a good uh, yeah. fact. Also, love a good fact. Also, um, so those are you know, that's what I know from 
this part of the world, but <laughs> great story, Em. I, um, I didn't see that coming, but I loved it. I didn't see you being so interested in coal mines. I, I don't know why. It's I think it's that same just kind of old timey, like somewhat spooky, ghosty, but like uh, rich in like tradition and uh, uh, what's the word like uh, superstition. I just mm. you know I just kind of love that kind of story. I don't know why. I really don't. Are there any? I should know more about this with you. But are there any other locations you have particular interests on? So I can jot that down for my research. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to learn about your schoolhouse uh, fascination. I wish the problem with a schoolhouse, though, which I'm sure there are haunted schoolhouses because a lot of oh, them come from sure. like the 1800s. But like, I can't. Um, I think the reason that you don't see people investigate them on TV is because it's a literally a one, one room, room schoolhouse. Right. Like, if there's nothing going on in that one room, maybe there's that's a basement. It. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe like a storm cellar. The whole town shares. I don't it's know. A spooky storm cellar. But there's like like the one I went to this weekend, uh, it was a one room schoolhouse and that there was one room that everyone taught in. But there was still like another side room that was like where the teacher, mm. like the teacher's office, which like it was office. also right, which, by the way, was also apparently the timeout room. So I feel oh. like if um, if you're maybe a ghost from back then, maybe there was a lot going on in the timeout room. I don't know. OK, but I don't know. But anyway, so I. I don't know if I'll ever cover truly one haunted schoolhouse, but maybe I'll make a, a general episode about it. That's that's very cool. I just love anything old. You know, I think that's all it is. I just love old, old buildings and old spooky historical places. I just I love it. I love have it. You, have you uh, fallen in love any more or less uh, with lighthouses just by association to your brother? No, you, you know, I feel like, no, I feel like I, I haven't. I mean, I do appreciate them very much, but I think I'm, I'm just trying to let him have room to enjoy his hobby without me trying to smother him in my own interest. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. this is your thing. And I feel like I need to not get super invested in it to that's overshadow. growth. I feel like you and I are both very quick to jump onto things. Absolutely. And I've so. done it so many times at this point in my life that I'm like, you know what? Let him have this. This is his okay. thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they are All interesting. Right. Haunted there are lots of haunted lighthouses too. So oh, as, yeah. as you know from when I, you recorded with him. When I had to talk to him about it for a long yeah. time. Yeah. No, <laughs> I will hours. say that well, I wanted to know if you were at, uh, any closer or more closely interested in them just because uh you know when people talk about something they're super interested in it like hooks you yeah so I yeah know if... uh, no i definitely am and i feel like um I, f I watch all his tiktoks about lighthouses and some of them have pretty wild histories like the one that they had to literally pick up and move mm -hmm. you know just some really cool stuff i hope to love something one day as much as that man loves lighthouses <laughs> <I'm> serious <laughs> me too i'm dead serious i totally agree is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? Maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class, but they can get extra help and positive feedback with IXL Learning. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. 
If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And then that's why we drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com drink. Visit IXL.com drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month, they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Uh, okay, well, I have a true crime story for you today. This is the story of Pamela Smart. Oh, Not to okay. be confused with Elizabeth Smart, different Smart. Okay. Pamela Smart was born Pamela Wojas on August 16th, 1967, and spent most of her young life in Florida until she moved to Derry, New Hampshire. That's D-E-R-R-Y. Is that, um, I don't know if you know this or if this is coming up, but is that where Stephen King, it is? Stephen King's in Maine. Maine. The the, the story, it is um from a town called Derry. So I didn't oh. know if it was New Hampshire, eh, New England, whatever. New England. It's all the same. I know it's, it's all, all the same. same. Don't yell at me. <laughs> um, but yes, Derry, New Hampshire, which I mm-hmm. guess is a pretty small town. Um, and she moved there in eighth grade. But yeah, uh, he lives in Maine. Yeah. I think around. Where does he live? What's that town? Bangor. 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 Yeah. So in high school, Pamela went to uh, this private secondary school called the Pinkerton Academy. Very fancy. Fun. Uh, She was pretty popular. She was a cheerleader, had a very active social life, was class president and honor student. And once she grew up, she decided to move back to Florida for college. And she went to Florida State University. Is that where your mom went or the other one? That's her. That's her. University of Florida. Yeah. Okay. She went to. Go Gators. Go Gators. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Got it. Go (laughs) Gators. And there she majored in communications. And she also hosted a college radio program and played music from her favorite genre, heavy metal. Mm. So this is a very well-rounded girl. She, you know, she likes, she's a cheerleader. She's studying communications, but she loves heavy metal, like really kind of well-rounded, you know? Yeah. And her show, her radio show was called Metal Madness. Okay. Rock on. Rock on. Because she also called herself uh, a nickname, the Maiden of Metal. (gasps) <gasps> oh my god she could be with like with the, the boy of broadcasting or whatever what does andy call himself again <laughs> so he's the, the bad boy of podcasting and the maiden of metal or something <laughs> you kidding me of metal and i'm the broad of broadcasting but nobody asked me so i'll just oh, right, in the sure. background the broad and the maid i feel like they have two <laughs> two very different and similar different. lives yeah we're differing <laughs> um so she got a Shih Tzu and she named her Shih Tzu Halen after Van Halen. So she's That's like, so cool. I know. And it's kind of a cute name. So she's like leaning in hardcore to this. 
1986, Pamela was back home in New Hampshire in Derry on Christmas break where she met a man named Gregory Smart at a mutual friend's party. And uh, in an interview, she said she was head over heels for him and totally smitten. And uh, for what it's worth, Greg was not, while she was a very good student, he was not great at school. He went straight to work after high school. He didn't go to college. He was um, very friendly and outgoing. He loved to party, was um, just a very happy guy. Mm-hmm. He wore a leather jacket. He grew out his hair and he had this kind of like rocker look, which I'm oh, so sure. Like, exactly. Yeah. It was up her type. Exactly what she wanted. Exactly. Um, but people remembered him as a softy. Like he looks like a rocker, but he was like a, a sweetheart on the inside. So the perfect combo. So honestly, but the combo you want. Right. He's a, a bad boy, but a teddy bear, you know, behind yes. closed doors. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's what they say about M. Schultz, you know. That's what they've said. They may have been <laughs> lying, but it was said. <laughs> they, they may not know what they're talking about, but they did sure say it. It came out of someone's mouth, whether or not it was true. So, you know. It's got to count for something. Yeah. So they bonded over their mutual love of rock music, and as soon as they started dating, Pamela called up her mom and said, I'm going to marry this guy. I'm going to marry this Greg. This Greg. This Greg. (laughs) (laughs) In an interview for uh, an American murder mystery, Pam's friend said they were fun. They would tease each other. They would laugh and be silly together. They were a good couple. They were well suited to each other. Two years after they got together, Gregory moved to Florida to live with Pamela while she was finishing up her senior year at FSU. And Gregory wanted to move back once she graduated. He wanted to move back to New Hampshire. But Pamela, who just studied journalism, uh, didn't want to leave the city, you know, where she was there uh, for small town New England and head back home. But they had Mm -hmm. to make a choice. So she compromised and they moved uh, back to New Hampshire. And when they got married in 1989, 23-year-old Gregory was now working as an insurance agent with his father. And Pamela, who was 22, started working as the media director at Winnicunit High School in Hampton, oh. New Hampshire. So, um, you know, instead of doing the journalism thing down in Florida, she found a job doing basically media um, at, a, at a high school. Cool. So at her job, what she would do is she wrote press releases for the school. She taught students how to operate video equipment, and she also mentored students in a program about avoiding drugs and addiction. This program was called Project Self-Esteem. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. uh, Seems a little dorky, but you know what? It works, probably. It it worked, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it worked, but, you know, it sounds like I really want it to work. Yeah, I feel like it has great intention behind it you know yes um there are clips of their wedding video actually online you can find photos too um it looks like a pretty happy day they look pretty standard normal loving young couple they're feeding each other cake they're dancing whole shebang unfortunately we know now that pamela was pretty unhappy um yeah living in new england was not something uh she had wanted to do and she was still pretty unhappy being there and Gregory cut off his long rocker hair off. So, Oof, well, it's been downhill ever since it's that been, I know. What honestly, like the last straw, you know? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> so she didn't. He didn't have that like rocker vibe that she loved so much about him. He's now selling insurance. He has short hair. She's just. He just became a dude. He just became like he be- an ordinary he became, guy. He became Gregory. You know? Oh God, not rocker Greg. You know, um, I know it. It's sad. Okay. It's just a sad tragedy. Sad day. 
So she felt really disillusioned with her life early on. I mean, she got married at 22 and she's already feeling like this is not where I want to be, which is very sad. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Big red flag. So several months into their marriage, Pamela started to suspect that Gregory had cheated on her. Um, And we don't know if that's true. There's no proof one way or the other. She was just having these suspicions. And it was at this point that she decided to give up on Gregory completely. She was like, you know what? I don't love him anymore. We're going to stay here for now, but I'm, I'm over it. I'm over him. Sure, sure. So what she did is she turned to a student volunteer in her drug counseling program whose name was William Billy Flynn for emotional support. And this mm. kid was 15, um, a shy teenager with a tough home life who really kind of latched on to Pamela and her attention. Um, I see he- where we're heading, I think. <laughs> yeah. He loved heavy metal music. Uh, Pamela kind of used that as a bonding tactic. And mm-hmm. one thing led to another. Mm-hmm. And he that, is 15 and she is 22. Uh, correct. At least 22. She got married at 22. I think it's probably been a couple years at this point. So, yeah, she's so, like in her mid-20s. Okay. Got, yeah. Got it. Bad, bad, bad. So in court later, Billy said that before long, Pamela approached him after school and initiated a conversation asking things like, are you going to kiss me? Oh. And, well, okay, this one's bad. Well, do I have to come over there and rape you? <gasps> like, pardon me? What? Why would... She said that to him? That was like her flirting. Oh, bad flirting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. No, wow. yeah, so it's basically like, oh, um, it's like that flirting tactic of like, do I have to take what I want? You know, it's I know, I know what I, I think I, I think I see what the original what she was trying what, to do. Yeah. Yeah. But certainly but the words n- needed no. to be changed. Hell I mean, no. And also PSA, we are very aware that none of these words should have been exchanged to no, begin no, no. with. Sure. Yes. Sure. Regardless of how threatening they were. Considering um, the context, it's like none of that should have happened. But you're right. Yeah. Uh, but it, even if out of gonna... context, that sentence, not going to do it. Sorry. Yeah. If you were going to absolutely um break the law and gross everyone out and hit on a 15 year old it's definitely not the way to do it it's definitely not the way to do it i mean of all oh of all wording are you going to kiss me is one thing and then it's really like she googled like what's the worst thing i could say and and said okay good Um, maybe i don't know i don't know i don't know just keep going (laughs) okay okay i'm happy to move on So she invited Billy to her house, and at her house, Pamela reenacted sex scenes from the movie Nine and a Half Weeks, which was a film from 1986 that at the time was pretty shocking for its uh, exploration of BDSM and its nudity. And so she kind of reenacted those scenes with him. Hmm. So we're in it now, folks. Uh, Pamela is using Billy for emotional support and sex and this Billy who is a child is completely wrapped up in their relationship well also you said that he wasn't coming from like the most secure place so of course that like easy picking to be groomed absolutely absolutely so vulnerable it's very 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 sad Um, so in a few months it seemed like Pamela was pretty much controlling Billy uh, and had him wrapped around her finger and could ask him to do anything for her. 
Um, Billy said she told him over and over again that she wanted to divorce Gregory, but she was afraid he would take everything in the divorce, even her beloved dog, Halen. And Pamela said there was no way out. She was trapped in this loveless marriage. Um, and they hadn't even been married a year yet. So uh, she was still very early on in this marriage. Um, so I guess I take back what I said. She probably was around 23, 22, 23. Um, so Tuesday, May 1st, 1990, several of Pamela's neighbors called the police just after 10 p.m. And in one 911 call, a woman in the same condominium as the Smarts said, Someone is passed out. I don't know. A girl is hysterical in here. She just ran over. Her husband is passed out. The operator asks if she knows what happened, and the caller can be heard yelling to Pamela, help is on the way. Do you know why he's passed out? Then she tells the operator, no, we don't know. Oof. So police arrive, and they enter the house with Pamela, and they pronounce Gregory Smart dead. Okay. In well, I think I know where the story goes <laughs> from here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, in interviews pamela says she thought he was unconscious and couldn't believe he was dead um she said she was shocked and she only remembers the night in flashes uh the homicide detective who responded said pamela's neighbors looked scared and confused outside the crime scene um there had been zero homicide cases in Derry that year it was like a sleepy Whoa. town new england like very small very quaint um this is like the only homicide that had occurred that year inside there were signs of burglary and a struggle uh, one detective said the bedroom had been ransacked there were clothes everywhere drawers were pulled out of dressers jewelry was missing a stereo was on the floor um, and there was no sign of forced entry but the in-ground basement door was unlocked and the back door was hanging open mm -hmm. um, so somebody could have just walked in but it also seemed shocking that burglars would go inside one specific condominium while people were at home, like while the, the couple was at home during it just seemed it just seemed odd um, that somebody would have done that. Uh, and neighbors told police that Pamela and Gregory hosted frequent parties where there was potential drug use. Um, but at the same time, police only found a single joint in Gregory's car and they found no other drugs on the property. They thought maybe this was like a drug related thing. Um, they couldn't quite figure it out. So at 1.30 in the morning, Pamela's friends contacted the police on behalf of Pamela because she wanted to speak to the police. So okay. they brought her in to ask her some questions. And Pamela said she had, uh, she had had an unusual meeting at school after her usual work hours. So she called Gregory at 3 p.m. to tell him, stay late at school. And when she arrived home at 10.30... She said the door was ajar, and when she pushed, pushed it open, she saw Gregory lying on the ground in the foyer. Mm, she said she didn't okay. see any blood. She saw the house was ransacked. She ran for help to the neighbor, and that's when they called the police. Uh, she seemed emotionless to detectives, like no crying or anything like that. Um, she was able to give them, like, a full timeline of the day, all the facts leading up to what happened. Um, so she was, was she ever a suspect after that? yes oh okay yes okay. so okay. she seemed very like rehearsed almost um and mm. that being said i feel like we say this a lot but you know you don't know how someone's going to react in shock or in trauma um and so it's not necessarily fair to say oh she wasn't crying enough to you know what i mean like it yeah. i don't i don't usually like that assessment of especially i mean you and i have talked about before that in in 
obviously not as intense of a crisis, but in a crisis, we immediately just go flat of like, just okay, like, well, this is what we need to get done before yep, I can react. Yep. Yep. And yep. then the like, reaction comes the later. emotion to the back. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, some people can just stick to the bare facts and don't have that emo- huge emotive response that people are like looking yeah. for. Um, so I don't necessarily think, um, critiquing someone's response to like a trauma is the best way about it but you know just that's something they know grief is valid yeah so detectives began to suspect a burglary gone wrong but at the same time gregory was still had his still had his wallet on him and his wedding ring was on um pamela Mm. said she thought gregory had been hit on the head but police only observed blood force trauma. So when the medical examiner found that Gregory had actually been shot in the head, point blank, execution style, oh people were like totally stunned because they thought he had just been hit on the head with something. Whoa. And then they found a bullet in his head. Jesus. Okay. The police asked Pamela to avoid the media, but there was so much gossip happening about Gregory belonging to the mafia or like being involved in drug rings that she decided to appear on the news to set the record straight and clear Gregory's name only days after his funeral. Um, This is where it's a little weird because she, in the interview, you remember how she studied journalism and like wanted to be a journalist and all this? Mm Mm-hmm. So during this TV interview, she sort of takes over, like, to direct what the interview. Like, um, she's like, this is my opportunity. Yeah, sort of. And it's, like, through the eyes of this aspiring journalist. So here, here's here's an example. She had the top layer of their wedding cake saved in the freezer. Um, and since it was days away from their one-year anniversary, she told the interview, uh, she told the interviewer he should get a shot of her holding the wedding cake in the kitchen and, like, crying. The second... Okay, well, <laughs> the second you say, here, get a shot of this, yeah, like, yeah, someone's exactly. producing yeah. an experience, yeah. It's like the oh produce- production of it was, like, a little bit much. Um, Especially if you're saying, get a shot of me crying. It's like, okay, well, now I have to believe that next cry is not going to be legitimate. Yeah, like, get a shot of me looking super sad, and it's like... It's like, hang oh. on, let me pull it out really quick. Yeah, let me yeah, get yeah, sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you stand there, like, I'll stand What's my here. motivation, not yeah. my husband being dead? <laughs> mm, let me ponder, what could my possible motivation be? Yeah. Yeah, so she is, like, holding this cake, looking mournful. Um, she had, like, an artistic vision, let's put it that way, for how this interview should go. Um, sure. She and had a voice, uh, whatever the <laughs> whatever the producer voice. version of a voice is. Yeah. The journalist who was doing the interview said she was thinking more like a reporter than the victim, like trying to angle where everyone should be filming. And, you know, she took this as her, like, journalistic shot. Um, so investigators stopped giving Pamela updates after this because she started revealing private information from the investigation to the media. And they were like, this is this, this ain't working. She's not listening. She just keeps blabbing. It feels like it feels I'm going to feel really bad if she's innocent later and I'm saying these things, but it's, it feels a little like she's asking for attention. Does that mean to say? Like no, to be... I mean, no. I mean, she's literally like film me crying over this wedding cake of my dead and husband. Then, and then won't stop like giving information. At, like she won't stop like... the media. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm going to, f- I, I hope that wasn't, victim blamey i don't know i don't know i mean i don't think so but okay i mean people grieve differently maybe the her way of grieving is talking a lot i don't know maybe i don't know i'm just i'm just 
I, I hope I, guess I wasn't an asshole just no, now. I guess there's a certain point, though, where you're like hurting the investigation into who attacked I'm certainly you. curious about her motives. I yeah, feel like. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's just kind of where it's just a little I'm fishy. Like, yes. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm wondering things. Yeah. So May fourteenth. This is thirteen days after the murder. An anonymous caller contacted Dairy Police to tell them she worked at a local Italian restaurant and overheard a fifteen-year-old coworker talking about a woman who was trying to arrange a hit on her husband. She told them oh. a woman named Cecilia Pierce had information. Now Cecilia Pierce was the fifteen-year-old student that this woman had heard had overheard in the Italian restaurant. Cecilia was a 15-year-old student at Winnicunit High School uh, who Pamela considered a friend. Again, these are just like very inappropriate relationships she's having with children. A lot of young people. Yeah. 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 It's like a mentor-mentee thing is one thing, but like close friends and all this, it's like... Confiding in things like this. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Especially when you get into... Yes, yes. I'll say... Did you have a mentor, like a teacher that... That um, was close with you? Not really. Not unnecessarily. No, no, no. I mean... I, no, we had a teacher really. who was... Uh, I think definitely was a mentor. Like, I never felt like there was a boundary being crossed. Sure, but sure. The, I mean, I can, un- I can understand out of someone who's been in this position yeah. that, like, of being the student. And then again, I had a 15-year-old brain, so maybe I'm not the person who should be speaking on this. But I never felt uh, unsafe. There was a teacher. She was very lovely. And she was, like, very attentive to, like, I think you could tell that she came from maybe like um, a background similar to people who were having some tough times. And she was very good about like, um, you know, oh, I've like brought you a gift or oh, like I made dinner and, you know, like there, I made extra and was like very kind and very. Right. But like I feel like these I feel like if it were inappropriate. Maybe I wouldn't know because I, I I'd be so young. I think it happens a lot. I think it Maybe happens I a lot. Know. And and I think a lot of times the situation is one where as the student or as a minor, like you feel special, you know? Yeah, that's true. I And I did, I felt special as uh, someone who I still would say wasn't uh, problematic, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I can imagine like, especially in, in a high school world, yeah, of like wanting to be popular wanting to be cool and like you've got an in with this teacher and like yeah yeah. like they 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 think you're you know smart enough special enough to like share stuff with you know i mean i I can absolutely see how this would go off the rails really yeah it could it could be a very very slippery slope when one of the two people is not you know developmentally there yeah like i mean also yeah. legally I'm, I'm ignoring that real quick to think like and are two people really consenting if one of them doesn't truly know what they're what what the situation is no so, yeah. got it i don't think so i don't think so either so this 15 year old cecilia was uh one of pamela's friends um she said in an interrogation that she saw pamela as a big sister she also dreamed of being a journalist and was a media intern under pamela um, she had actually even stayed at Pamela's house the week of the murder. Um, and so, again, like having students staying in your home, yeah. just like too much, I think. Can't, certainly can't relate to that one. No, no. I, that, that one, that's a problematic move for sure. I would agree. Um, so police asked Pamela for a list of everyone. Now, I think this is very clever. Why? The police asked Pamela for a list of everyone who had stayed at her house in the month before the murder. She included everyone, even maintenance workers, but did not name Cecilia 
as if she wanted oh. to like, hide the fact that Cecilia had been over at her house. So police immediately oh. are like, huh. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. That's a big red flag. Why would she conveniently forget the one person who was there like the week before the murder? So in the meantime, um, police are starting to suspect Pamela and Pamela herself is collecting $140,000 from Gregory's life insurance policy um, in June. This part is a little convoluted, but let me try my best. So in June, a man showed up at the police station with a gun and uh, his name was Vance Latime and he had taken in one of his teenage son's friends, Ralph, uh, who was one of his son's really good friends mm -hmm. and spent a lot of time at their house. Uh, and so Ralph had approached Vance, the dad, and told him that uh, his gun was used to kill a man in Derry. Oh, absolutely not. Can so, you imagine yeah. finding that out where you're like, oh my God, what? Like, Your kid's friend is like, hey, I have something to tell you. <laughs> yeah. it's like, And also like this will be, be traced back to you and it's too late. So and um, oops. Yeah. Nothing oh you can God. do about it. Thank God. Like he had like some, uh, I mean, the kid was mature enough to even say something. To say something to the dad. Yeah, exactly. So Vance took uh, the gun out, took a look at it, noticed it was unusually clean, like someone had used it and tried to hide that they used it. Uh, mm. So he brought it into the police station as a potential murder weapon to be like, I, I didn't do this, but somebody must have used my gun. That's what my friends, my kid's friend is saying. Which, by the way, in any other circumstance, I'd be like, what a bad excuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody used your gun. Wow, how convenient. <laughs> and you don't know who or how or why it's so magically clean. Okay. No fingerprints? How mysterious. Yeah. I know. So investigators did find that it was the same gun used to kill Gregory Smart. So they brought in Ralph, the son's friend, for questioning, who had, who had initially told Vance about this, his gun being used. So they brought him in for questioning and Ralph told the police he thought his three friends killed Gregory Smart. He brought mm. up Billy, the boy Pamela was dating, and said Billy's been going around bragging about it. Okay. This sure. is just red flag, red flag, red flag. Mm -hmm. Ralph's friends, including Billy, told Ralph they had killed Gregory using Vance's gun and Ralph couldn't keep quiet thankfully so he went to vance and told him what he had heard good job ralph i know i know so on june 12th police arrested billy and his friends uh his friends were patrick pete randall and vance jr latime jr which is vance latime's son so he goes by jr okay uh and raymond fowler was the other kid all three boys refused to talk, but Cecilia Pierce came forward, the 15-year-old, to tell police about Pamela's affair with Billy. She told police, Pamela said she was in love with Bill. So now Pamela's also, like, talking to other students about how she's in love with another student. Like, I mean, <sighs> okay, I got I got things to say, but I... I... I don't I, I want to wait to hear more before I okay I mean I'm not condoning it at all no, I just no, no. before I go on a rant I would like to hear the rest of the story no problem uh I can do that for you so she tells police Pamela said she was in love with Billy and obviously they were having sex because I walked in on them so <clears throat> she's I mean, like it doesn't surprise me but still yikes. I know but still yikes investigators had Cecilia meet with Pamela wearing a wire 
And okay. Pamela pretty quickly incriminated herself. She said things to Cecilia like, if you tell the fucking truth, you'll send me to the slammer for the rest of my fucking life. <gasps> wow. Okay. So she's very, uh, that's, I'm glad I waited because I was going to say, is she not aware that this is so illegal? <laughs> but I, I guess she <laughs> very does. Very illegal. I guess uh, she does. She knows. So the recordings were extremely poor quality, unfortunately, and required transcription. And during the court hearings, people actually found it difficult and frustrating to try to even understand what they were saying. Um, Pamela insisted the recordings were poorly transcribed or purposefully altered, but Cecilia signed off on the tapes and verified that, yes, the transcriptions were correct. That is what Pamela said to me. So police arrested Pamela. And when they arrested her, they said to her, I have some good news and I have some bad news. The good oh, news God. is that we've solved the murder of your husband. The bad news is you're under arrest. Oh, what a line. <laughs> well, who do you think planned that for like weeks? I know she someone had that, that in their back pocket. They were looked in the mirror at themselves <laughs> yeah. earlier that morning and practiced it. They straightened their collar and were like, I, today's the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as you can probably imagine, this became an absolute media circus um the case actually became the first murder trial ever covered gavel to gavel on television in the united states so like Whoa. basically from the very first start of the trial to the very end um pamela admitted to her affair with billy but she insisted she had nothing to do with the murder she said she had actually broken up with billy several days before the killing but the public was like not having any of it. Uh, they did not believe her at all. She said she had no motive for murder, but prosecution was like, you were having an affair with a child and you got $140,000 life insurance and you were very unhappy in your marriage. It's pretty mm. compelling evidence, I mm -hmm. would say. I agree. Uh, the boys took plea bargains to testify against Pamela and many believed that the boys were too young to orchestrate a murder without adult guidance. But at the same time, they were like 16 or 17 and like they could have found their dad's gun and killed him. You know, I mean, yeah. I don't think that's necessarily a fair argument. But Billy's testimony on the stand was very compelling. Um, he was extremely emotional as he described the way Pam Pamela had manipulated him. Uh, he began to cry on the stand and he told the court that his friends held Gregory down so Billy could shoot Gregory in the head. And then they drove the getaway car holy shit yeah all the teenagers described their involvement in the killing and they said pamela asked them not to kill gregory in front of her dog valen because she didn't want him to or halen sorry so she, because she didn't want the dog to be traumatized okay <laughs> great i'm glad the dog's what? fine <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> they they claimed she gave them instructions on when and how to approach the condo, when Gregory would be home, etc. And all their stories lined up so solidly. Uh, the prosecution found it hard to believe that these were like fake coach stories. Um, their testimony seemed pretty genuine to people watching the trial. And Pamela even took the stand on her own behalf, but she failed to sway public opinion in her favor. And so on March 22nd, 1991, she was found guilty of being an accomplice to first degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder and witness tampering. And she was wow. sent, sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Whoa. Wowza. And she's still in, she's still alive. She sure is. Uh, wow. So Billy Pete and Jr. were sentenced with parole opportunities, which shocked people because Billy was the actual murderer. Like he actually shot the gun, but he was given a lighter sentence. 
Yeah. Um, in June of 2015, Billy was granted parole. All three men in the killing are, have now been released and walk free, but Pamela is still in prison and she has lost every appeal and been denied audiences to plead her case. Wow. Yep. So what a wild tale. Um, some people think Pamela orchestrated the entire plan and deserves this life sentence. Other people think they're, it's like really unfair that she got such a long sentence and all three of the men are already out. Um, it's just a big, cons- you know, controversy surrounding this case. And although Pamela was by no means, you know, a good person, um, there was so much public, you know, notoriety around the case that it was basically impossible for her to have like a non-biased trial or like a jury who, you know, how sometimes they move move a trial to a different city. Mm-hmm. But this was just such a big highly publicized case that it was like impossible to do yeah and i mean international opinion was against her from the start so she was kind of in trouble from day one um i I mean like even just like the the bragging about it to the kids like that's why i was originally has i was like is she able to like I, I, I go to sleep at night and like <laughs> think that nothing's wrong like she's not gonna get caught like that's a real that's a real ego move to be like, oh, no one's going to catch me, even though I'm also trying to direct news coverage and yeah. tell people who will definitely gossip about this. Like, yeah, I it's mean, weird. it is weird. And you just wonder, like, what was the real backstory? Like, did she actually tell the kids? I don't know. I, I feel like she probably had a hand in it. But I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It's hard to say. Oof. But I don't know. That's weird. For, what That's... It, for what it's worth, she maintains her innocence in interviews. Um, she openly owns up to her affair with Billy, but she insists that she did not plan the murder and that losing Gregory was the worst thing that ever happened to her. So, you know, maybe the kids did it of their own accord and just blamed her. Maybe. You know, maybe. Yeah. Maybe not. Um. But hey, great opportunity for the PSA that um, boys can be essayed as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, great moment. Uh, absolutely. Great teachable moment. And also, as you were saying earlier, like I even had to stop and think like, oh, would I have known that it was happening to me if it was happening to me? And I mean, obviously the answer is no, if it's happening across the world. So yeah, no, it happens all the time. It's 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 scary. Yeah. Well, geez, I got no, I, that's a, that was a that was a heavy hitter. It's a doozy. That was a doozy. Um, wow, life without parole. I, all right, <laughs> all right. I mean, I don't all right. Know. Too late to do anything now, I guess. Wow, and uh, that what that was in nineteen ninety, early nineteen uh, ninety. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Wow. Sir. So in jail for thirty, thirty years. Wow. Yep. Yep. So yep. she would be fifty-five-ish now in jail. Born in 67. Yeah. You're so good at math. Look at me go. <laughs> uh, wow. All right. Well, thank you for my, my, uh, of reason, another reason to drink, I guess. You're for, uh, so welcome. Are you feeling okay? Is this, I feel like this is the most you probably talked in a while. Yeah. I'm feeling just <clears throat> a little scratchy. Great. But I we- <laughs> am very happy to be doing this virtually and not near you. Yay. Me too. <laughs> 
Uh, um, do, are you up for an after chat? Yeah. Yeah, let's do an after chat. It'll give me a chance to, you know, blow my nose beforehand. Okay. <laughs> what if the whole after chat was me just trying to see how long it took until you couldn't bear it any longer? <laughs> I would just do it right in front of you. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Um, next time we see you um, is going to be our Halloween episode. Ah! And then after that is going to be our 300th, folks. Ah! And our 300th is particularly interesting. This it year, is. So it's just, interesting. I'm just telling you now. And uh, we, by the way, we've only missed one episode ever. Uh, we've only missed one week ever of episodes. And had we not missed the episode, which we don't regret, but had we... Uh not miss that one week we are aware that our 300th episode would have landed squarely on halloween how (laughs) beautiful would that have been (laughs) we were so close anyway um anyway i guess we'll see you next week for our halloween episode can't wait and that's why we drink walmart plus members save on meeting up with friends Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.